If you have a Bible, I'm going to invite you to take it up and turn with me uh, to the book of Psalms. We will be in Psalm 137. That will be our text for this morning. If you're unfamiliar with your way around the Bible, it should be close to the center of your Bible, close to the center in what is referred to as the Old Testament. If you don't have a Bible and you would like to follow along, which we would encourage you to do so, then you can, on the pew, but the, the Bible that's in the pew in front of you, you can find this reading on page 504, 504. Thanksgiving is in front of us, and Thanksgiving for me has long been one of my favorite holidays. I remember as a, I think, a middle school student for whatever reason, you know, there's just moments that stick into your memory. And one Thanksgiving as a middle school student, I remember waking up and, it, and I'd slept in till whatever time. And I remember waking up to the smell in my room of the turkey that was being cooked by my mom. And then I remember just, just lying there and just being, just being thankful. And then I remember coming down and we watched with my brother and sisters, watched the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which was always our, our, our tradition, which we would do, and just enjoy the time together. It is, there's something about Thanksgiving that there isn't all of the hustle and bustle of Christmas, and it's, I just like it. I like the food. I like the leftovers. I like the smells. I'm really looking forward to playing football this Thursday morning with some of you who would come, and I'll play with my boys and be sore for the rest of the day. Looking forward to it. I like the idea of being thankful. That's a good idea. Sometimes, you know, I, I think it's a really good thing. Maybe, and some people think it's, we shouldn't have to have a day that reminds us to be thankful. And yet, I, I think it's a good idea that we're called together to, be, to remind ourselves and to pause, to be reminded and be mindful, to give thanks to the Lord and to others. Yet, if, if I can be honest with you, sometimes giving thanks is hard to do. Sometimes I don't want to give thanks. Sometimes I don't feel like being thankful. If I'm being honest with you, sometimes... The situations of my life and yours make it difficult on us to be thankful, don't they? You know that you should give thanks to the Lord. I know that. And it's not that you're not grateful. It's not that you have walked away from the Lord. It's not that you don't have, you're a person of great faith. It's not that somehow you've forgotten the Bible verses that tell you that you ought to be thankful. But life has gotten hard. The days have gotten long. And frankly, if, if truth be told, some of us, as we are making our way towards Thanksgiving this year, find that Thanksgiving is hard to do. Not the turkey, not the stuffing. That's easy for most of you. Some of, not me. I just consume it. But the Thanksgiving part, the heart part, is hard to do. We believe the Bible verses. 
that say that we are to enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. We believe it. We know that we are to praise the Lord and give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. We know that we are to give thanks in all circumstances. We know, but sometimes the situations of our life, but sometimes we find ourselves in such circumstances, we find ourselves on hardship in our life that challenges our our thanksgiving and our thankfulness. And if you find yourself there this morning, I want you to know that you are in good company, that you are not alone. Psalm 137. By the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. There on the poplars, we hung our harps for there our captors asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? If I forgot you, Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you, if I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy. Remember, Lord, what the Edomites did on the day that Jerusalem fell. Tear it down, they cried. Tear it down to its foundations. Daughter Babylon, doomed to destruction. Happy is the one who repays you according to what you have done to us. Happy is the one who seizes your infants and dashes them against the rocks. If you're unfamiliar with this particular psalm, or unfamiliar with the journey of the Israelites, the people who are, who are, who are the subject of the psalm. In, 50, in 597 BC, then the Babylonians came and they, 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 they assaulted Jerusalem, they attacked Jerusalem, and they took the city, and they looted the city, and they went to the temple, and they looted the temple, and then they took the best and the brightest of the Israelites, and they took them back to Babylon for the purpose of assimilating them into the Babylonian culture. They took the smartest, the brightest, the best of, of the Israelites, brought them back to Babylon to assimilate them in order to make them good Babylonians. In 587 B.C., then they went back, and at that point, Jerusalem was completely destroyed, and the temple that Solomon had built was completely taken to the ground. And the Israelites heard that Jerusalem had been destroyed, and they went to the banks of the river. They went to the banks of the river, and they cried. They hung their harps on the willows, on the poplars, on the trees. And they went to the banks of the river and they wept. And the Babylonians, their captors, came to them and said, Sing us the songs of Zion. Sing us some of those worship songs. Sing us some of those songs of joy. Sing us those songs. And the Israelites said, How can we sing the songs of the Lord in a foreign land? How can we sing the songs of the Lord in a foreign land? Friends, it doesn't matter how spiritual you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been in church. 
It doesn't matter how many Bible verses you can whip off by heart. It does not matter what your bank account is or how many, how many degrees you have earned. At some point, every single one of us in this room finds ourselves in a foreign land and says, how can I praise God here? How can I be thankful here? In that place, and I want to give you three thoughts that come from this text about thanksgiving. The first is this, that the way to thanksgiving is sometimes through sobbing. That the way, the path to thanksgiving is sometimes through sobbing. They were by the rivers of Babylon, and we sat and we wept when we remembered Zion or Jerusalem or the, or the temple. And we hung our harps on the trees. Most of the time when I think of thanksgiving, then I think of joyful things. Most of the time when I think of giving thanks, then I think of joyful songs and joyful places and joyful people. That's what I think of when I think of thanksgiving and giving thanks. There's a happiness and a lightness and a joy to it. And when I read my Bible, it says that we are to give thanks in all circumstances. And I, like you, know that I ought to be thankful I know that I have more things, that I have more food, that I have more blessings than, any, than people from any other country. I know that. So do you. And therefore, we ought to be thankful. We know this. And the prospect of saying, you need to give thanks because it's Thanksgiving on Thursday and somebody's making you a pumpkin pie. I ought to be thankful. But sometimes I don't feel like giving thanks. Sometimes I just feel like crying. When the people of Jerusalem, when the people, the Israelites heard that Jerusalem had been destroyed, they were in Babylon. They were in a foreign land and their home had been destroyed and they hung up their instruments of joy and they wept and they cried. How can we sing songs of the Lord in a foreign land? Because sometimes the way to thanksgiving is through sobbing. Because when we cry, we become vulnerable, don't we? When you're in a conversation and the other person starts to cry, the demeanor of the conversation changes. Things change because when we cry, we become vulnerable. My, my daughter, she's seven years old, and uh, several times she said this now, maybe a handful, maybe five or four, I don't know, I didn't count, but she would say, Daddy, we never see you cry. Okay. I don't know if that's just, I mean, I do cry. I mean, I'm not opposed to crying. But I start to think about that, and I go, I don't think that's a good thing. Why is it that she's never seen me cry? She's, maybe she's just not very observant. That's possible. Or maybe it's a lack of vulnerability. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's that I am unwilling to be vulnerable in that way before my daughter. I, I don't know. 
Maybe I'm unwilling to be vulnerable before you. Maybe I'm unwilling to be vulnerable before others. And maybe even I'm unwilling to be vulnerable before God. But if we're going to experience the thanksgiving that God calls us to, if we are going to give thanks in all circumstances, then it will require that we go through sobbing, that we are vulnerable in the very presence of God. We must come before the Lord and be laid bare before him. Otherwise, we will never find our way to the thanksgiving that God calls us to. We will never, unless we come into his presence and we are laid bare and we cry cry out to him and say, dear God, hold me. Dear God, hold my life together. Dear God, I need you. You are the only one that I need. You are the only one that can hold me. There is no other salve but you because I have no other father. You are my Abba Father, and we must be laid bare before Almighty God because sometimes the pathway to thanksgiving only goes the way of sobbing. Sometimes. God will allow his people to walk into foreign lands because we are unwilling to be vulnerable before him and he loves us too much to allow us to be far from him. So he allows us to wander into foreign lands in order that we may be laid bare before him because it's in the foreign lands that we weep and that we cry and we call out to him and he draws us near. Sometimes the pathway to thanksgiving is through sobbing. Secondly, the foundation for thanksgiving is presence. The psalmist writes, If I forgot you, Jerusalem, may my hand forget its skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you, if I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy. That our thanksgiving, the foundation for our thanksgiving is not based on our place, but is based on a person. That our foundation for thanksgiving and giving thanks is not based on our place, but is based on his presence in our life. He says, the Israelites were in a foreign land. Right? When they talk about Jerusalem, when he talks about Zion, what that means is in Jerusalem was the temple, and in the temple is the presence of God. So they are away from the very presence of God. They are away from the temple. They are away from the center of where God is, and that has been taken away. That has been destroyed, and so therefore, they're feeling distance from the presence of God. He says, if I forget the presence of God. If then my hand will no longer be able to play the harp. If I forget the presence of God, then my tongue will stick to the roof of my mouth and I will no longer be able to sing the praises to Almighty God. I will forget if I don't remember you. He says, if I forget, if I do not remember, if I do not consider. Because it was easy for them in Babylon, 
after hearing that the temple of the Lord was destroyed and after hearing that the city of God had been destroyed, to believe that God had abandoned them, to forget God and not sense his presence with them. It's easy for them to forget. Because they were focused on their place, then they for, it's easy to forget the presence of God. If I forget. It's easy for us to look at our place, to focus on our circumstances. It's easy for us to look at the political situation that we find ourselves in. It's easy for us to look at the racial tensions of our culture and of our society. It's easy for us to look at the inequity of our country. It's easy to look at our financial situation. It's easy to look at around our Thanksgiving table. It's easy for us to look at who's not around our Thanksgiving table this year. It's easy for us to look at the broken relationships within our family and with our children and with our parents and with one another and to forget. It's easy for us to look at our place. It's easy for us to look at our circumstances. It's easier for us to look at that. And when we do, then it drains us of the thanksgiving that God provides. Because the foundation of Christian thanksgiving is not our place. It is not our circumstances. It is God's presence with his people. The foundation for Christian thanksgiving is not our place, but our presence. And God has always been with his people. Moses was afraid to go speak to Pharaoh. And God said, I will be with you. I will give you what you need. The people were scared to go through the desert and through the wilderness, but God went before them and God came behind them. He hemmed them in and took care of them. Joshua was afraid and needed strength and courage. Gideon was afraid and God was with him because God is always with his people going before and coming behind. He is with you. God sent his son Jesus to come to earth to prove to us that he was with us. God, Jesus, before he went and ascended to be with his father, said, I'm giving you the great counselor. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit to prove to you that he will never leave us nor forsake us because the foundation for Christian thanksgiving is not your circumstances. It is not your place. It is the very person and the spirit of God that is always with you. And that is the foundation for Christian thanksgiving and giving thanks to God. This week, I was having a conversation with a young woman, a young mom. And she was telling me, and it was just a fascinating story, as she was telling me about her journey, as I was asking about her life. And she has two biological children, and they adopted two children from the Congo and are adopting a third. And she, talk, she was telling me about they moved to, follow, to, to, to go with her husband's job um, to this very rural area. And she's a very relational person. And she said, I've never experienced the desolate loneliness like I did over the last four years. And then she was talking about how she was journeying through loneliness and crying out to God. And she said these words. She says, and now I can say that I am thankful for this place. And now 
five years along the journey. And now I can say that I'm thankful for this place because thankfulness was not in the place, but thankfulness, she says, I've never met, Jesus had never met me so intimately and so personally as he did on those years. And now I can say that I am thankful for this place because our thanksgiving does not come from our place, friends. It comes from a person and the person is Jesus. That's where our foundation for thanksgiving is. So thanksgiving, the way of thanksgiving often comes through sobbing. The foundation for thanksgiving, foundation for thanksgiving comes from his presence. And finally, the hope of thanksgiving is promise. The hope of thanksgiving is promise. Remember, Lord, what the Edomites did on the day Jerusalem fell. Tear it down, they cried. Tear it down to its foundations. Daughter Babylon, doomed to destruction. Happy is the one who repays you according to what you have done to us. Happy is the one who seizes your infants and dashes them against the rocks. When Jerusalem was conquered, their neighboring country, Edom, didn't mourn with the people of God that were, that, as they were conquered but instead cheered on the conquerors. Instead, threw salt in the wound. Tear it down, they cried. Tear it down to its foundations. The whole, the whole book, the whole book of Obadiah is God's judgment on Edom because of their celebration of the tearing down of Jerusalem. God's judgment on them. It's prophesying the judgment of God on Edom. All throughout the Bible, there's prophecies that's ta- that, that prophesied about in the Old Testament, the fall of Babylon and God's judgment on Babylon. So what is the psalmist doing here? The psalmist is coming before God. The psalmist is coming before God and is saying, God, be faithful to your promises. You have promised that you would deal with this evil. You had promised that you would set things right. And so, God, I'm praying to you that you will set things right, that you will fulfill your promises that you said you would do for us, for your people. Because when you are in a foreign land, because you've been taken there against your will, because you never wanted to be there, because you feel violated, because you feel compromised, because your pillow is wet with your tears on more nights than is dry, because you found yourself in the desolate foreign land, and thanksgiving is hard to come by, and loneliness seems to be your food. Remember that the pathway to thanksgiving often comes through weeping and through sobbing. We must remember when we are in a foreign land that God has not abandoned you and he will never abandon you. And we must know that God will one day set everything right. Your thanksgiving 
the hope of the thanksgiving of the people of God is set in the promises of God, that God will one day return and make everything right. It does not mean that your place, it does not mean that your circumstances are worthy of giving thanks for or that you are thankful for the situation that you are in or for the loved one that you have lost. What you are saying is, I'm thankful for the very presence of God, that God is always with me and I'm hope-filled because he is a God who fulfills his promises and so therefore I can be thankful now because of what God will do then. And so therefore, I, as a child of God, can give thanks in all circumstances. Not because my circumstances are always great, but because the God who is with me is always great and he is always faithful to all of his promises to his people and to his children. And so therefore, whether it's today or Thursday, you can give thanks because of who he is. Because he's taking you where he's taking you so that you might be able to experience who he is in deeper and richer ways than you have ever known in order that you might be able to say to someone who else who needs it, God will never leave you nor forsake you. He is always with you and one day he will set everything right. Our thankfulness is knowing that one day he will return that there will be a new heavens and a new earth, that evil will be judged, that all will be set right. And so therefore, we can be glad and we can give thanks. Wednesday evening at seven o'clock right here, we're gonna have our Thanksgiving Eve service. And during that service, then we're gonna have a time of sharing, an open mic time of sharing, which can always be a little dangerous. I'm gonna let you guys just have an open microphone but it's worth the risk because maybe it is this morning that you don't feel like giving thanks. Maybe it is that you haven't rehearsed the reasons why you ought to give thanks. That's okay. Here's what my challenge and my desire is for you, that from this point on until Wednesday evening that you pray to God and say, God, remind me of your goodness. Remind me of how you are present with me. Remind me of the promises in my life that you are going to fulfill and that you will make right. And then maybe you'll come on Wednesday evening ready to share. I'm looking forward to hearing how God is working in you and in our church and in our body because God is at work. I know that because he's faithful. And so would you come? And would you, would you ask God to do that work in you? And then would you share? And then we'll have communion around the family table. And then we'll eat pie. <laughs> or don't. If you're on a diet, that's cool. You don't have to. But I really want us to be thankful. I want to be thankful. Even when thankfulness is hard to come by. Let me pray. Father, we are your children not because of anything that we have done, but because of your mercy and because of your grace and because of your son and his death and resurrection, we can be adopted into your family. And yet sometimes we have every reason to be thankful and yet sometimes thankfulness comes really, really hard for us. So will you keep taking us on the journey 
And will you keep reminding us and allowing us to be vulnerable before you? And will you allow us to put our faith and hope and trust in your presence? And will you give us a great hope because you are a God who fulfills your promises? And will you help us to rehearse that together as your church family? We come in dependence upon you. In the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, amen.